I'm Taffer. I'm Caddy. Welcome back to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! We'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today, and every day, to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area. So we're back. We made it back, folks. Did we have you fooled for a minute? Did you think we would we would stay gone? What was initially going to be a month hiatus at the end of March turned into a two-month hiatus and then a three-month hiatus. Um, and then, oh my God, how many months has it actually been? April, May, June. July. So uh, just about four months. We did a quarter. I think Q2 is always a great time to rest. We're jumping into Q3 ready to go. There we go. Yeah. And really, I mean, we just all, I I take some responsibility for this because I pushed really hard to keep the show up to its regular pace throughout the pandemic. And that uh, was a lot of me taking on way more work than I could sustainably manage. So um, when I hit burnout, uh, <laughs> we kind of just all ground to a halt at the same time and said, okay, it's time to take a break. It's time to listen to our bodies, take a little rest, take a little space. What I found really lovely, though, actually, is that um, I found myself still reading YA. Like, I was like, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to read books. That's really amazing. Like, I'm just going to choose to read books and like, I'm going to read some grown up books. And I did. I read Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, which is a great, very intense read. Uh, And then I just ended up reading Sarah Dessen because (laughs) when it comes down to it, that's where I go. And I read, reread this lullaby and was once again skewered by it. Um, Did you do any fun reading in your little yeah break or did you just take a break entirely i did not nice i um i i took a complete break um i actually realized that i was uh coming to a place of struggling to focus to read Mm -hmm. um and uh taking a break was really helpful yeah Uh, it gave me a chance to renew with me Mm -hmm. also and not run through uh having to read so i've sort of in starting to read again now I'm finding the pleasure again of uh, just diving into a story and diving into characters. And uh, it was a welcome break. Let's just put it that way. Yes, I really, really relate to that because I found sort of towards towards the point where I ran out of steam. Um, I was having to push so hard and read so fast to get these books read on time that I wasn't like taking the time to get immersed anymore. And it was becoming just kind of like reading like class reading. Um, And with that in mind, at this point, folks, we are going to be shifting to a bi-weekly release module uh, model. Um, Weekly recording was manageable when we had four hosts who were all able to be regularly in the rotation um but at this point uh 
we need to find a rhythm that's just sustainable for the hosting lineup we have and our capacities right now. Um, so bi-weekly release is something that we think we can probably just keep going at without disappearing off of your feeds for four months um and you'll have time now because I know so many of you have been like oh I've been trying to catch up over the years and like I just can't keep up with your pace I'm actually hoping that this will be a more sustainable pace for everybody so that maybe our listeners don't feel quite so um overwhelmed by the sheer volume of content (laughs) that we're putting agreed Um, and I think that I think that we're going to, we're focusing on, you know, post burnout learning curve. Mm. So um, slower uh, sometimes leads to better. And yes. uh, caring for ourselves means that we're caring for our podcast at the same time and caring for all of you because we do care about all of you. Yeah. Um, so I think let's just do this uh, in the simplest, healthiest way possible. Absolutely. But I've got to say, I really missed it. I mean, you know, I, I was taking space, I was taking time to recover, but it was never in my head that I was going to just like walk away at this point. Um, I think it maybe crossed my head as a fear a couple of times. <laughs> of like, what if we can't? <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's so nice. It's so nice to be back. Obviously, I've been doing No Bad Food with my partner, but it's really nice to be back on, on you know, my show. <laughs> yeah. And our show. On this the is Buckner our space. show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Inclusion. Did you all miss this lovely banter? <laughs> I know I did too. Oh, I did. So for a gentle return uh, mm-hmm. to the pod, uh, we read Snapdragon by Cat Lay, uh, which is a graphic novel, a very pretty one, uh, if mm-hmm. I do say so myself. And it's a story of um, Snapdragon, who's a ute, um, who, <laughs> who, um, you know, who believes that there's uh, there's this woman in town and uh, Snapdragon believe, uh, commonly referred to as Snap, uh, believes that this person is a witch. Uh, and they end up becoming friends because the witch, the witch is actually Jax, uh, who's just, she's an old, le- old, no, an old lonely lady um, who rescues animals. And uh, they bond. They develop a really lovely intergenerational friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it gives Snapdragon the opportunity to learn about herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the important thing to remember uh, with this story is that it is a middle grade uh, graphic novel. So, you know, the themes don't necessarily go as far or as intensely. Um, but it is quite interesting because uh, Snapdragon grew up in an abusive context. Um, and I think that that's handled really well. Mm-hmm. So um, how 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 did you enjoy it, Teffer? Well, before before I get into that, because I suggested this book. I was like, why don't we do this one? Because I found this. I actually did not find it for the show. I was not doing show research. I popped down to Cambridge, Massachusetts for a weekend by myself uh, as part of my overall burnout recovery back um, at the beginning of July. And I found this in a bookstore in Harvard Square. um, Harvard Square Books, in fact. And... uh, I just found it on the shelf. I picked it up for my daughter because there were, I thumbed through it and I was like, oh, she'll love this. It's a little spooky. It's a little fun. She's really into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I read it with her and I just loved it. There's, there's, 
It's a story about finding your people, which so many of the books we read are about, of course, um, and finding belonging and sort of the many different places that we find belonging. And I, I think that one of the things this book does really well is have that storyline not just for Snap. I think she's probably 12, 13. She's like a, an early teenager. Not just for Snap, but for uh, Jax and also for Snap's friend Lulu and also for Snap's mom. And like we just kind of see all of the characters going through a growth process simultaneously and learning a similar lesson and I thought that was really beautifully done also just the deftly woven inclusivity yes is really really good so this is by Kat Lay who is one of the co-writers of Lumberjanes that's probably what she's best known for and you know if anybody knows Lumberjanes it has a lot of the same kind of like inclusivity and friendship and love themes that are there but written for a younger audience um in a way that I I think is just really it 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 spoke to me it touched me you know (laughs) Yeah, of course. And uh, I love what you were saying about the inclusivity, because it is true. This is a very queer book. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I think that anything involving witchcraft, magic uh, is fundamentally queer. (laughs) But the aesthetic, I mean, Mm -hmm. if we take a minute just to talk about the imagery and uh, the colors that are used, it's a very, like, there's a lot of neon colors. Mm -hmm. There's some lots of brightness in there. But we're looking at like queer imagery it's very like you know at first i was like snapdragon is snapdragon of what gender yeah (laughs) and i was like oh it's kind of nice that it doesn't really matter yeah (laughs) um and uh that brought me a lot of joy and then all the imagery around the animals as well it's very uh exaggerated very cartoonish and very yeah, very pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that. I love the character of uh, Lulu, who's Snap's best friend, who is a trans child, which I think is also like, and it's so not a big deal. Yeah, we just see, we see Lulu's transition. It happens through the book, but it's it's barely addressed. It's referred to occasionally. Um, mm-hmm. And I really love that because often when we see books that contain transition contain the process of transition they're very much about the process of transition and it's like when we saw a shift kind of away from coming out books in in queer YA it's sort of this transition from books about like you have books about trans kids transitioning and you have books about trans kids after transitioning doing their own stuff um but I don't think I've ever before seen a book that just like contains transition as part of this normal life process without being Mm -hmm. a hugely dramatized thing Um, and I appreciated that so much absolutely and it's a nice friendship I think that there's something you know I think that it shows such an evolution and such a maturity and a belief in the maturity of the readers as well because mm-hmm. you know like when uh, my first in- instinct instinct ooh, uh in thinking middle grade is always uh or towards the higher echelons of of middle grade so I'm thinking like eighth grade um but this is a book that is also great for like a precocious fifth grader um who I'm- or even a fourth grader I think it's it's 
good. Like it's it's yeah. accessible. It's um, it's interesting. It's also confronting, but also not. And mm-hmm. that's kind of lovely. Mm-hmm. I mean, my daughter is going into third grade. She's eight, almost nine, and she read this by herself. Like she, we read it together, but first she read it by herself. She's not an advanced reader, mm-hmm. um, and she absolutely loved it. She was completely immersed in it. She got quite a lot out of it. Um, so I think this is a really like pretty solid like close to all ages book once you're in grade school absolutely um and I really love it's got snap doesn't really have friends at the beginning of the book she she's a little bit of a social outcast she has trouble Mm -hmm. getting to know kids her age she's seen as weird and this book is about her finding her people not finding ways to fit in but finding her people and it's really I really love that it's it gives the message that you don't necessarily need to have a social circle that looks like everybody else's social circle you just need to have the people who support you and you know that can be your your best friend at school like Lulu and also this surrogate grandmother you found in the woods and your like wonderful supportive mom and that's enough you know and that's okay like as long as you were feeling happy and satisfied I also really love that Snap's autonomy is extremely important in this book and you know Jax kind of becomes a mentor to her Jax is teaching her about animals and rescue work and taxidermy because that's the other part of it (laughs) Um, and eventually witchcraft and there's a point at which Snap kind of does her own thing. She experiments in her own way. Actually, it happens It happens a couple of times that Snap comes up with her own idea and says, hey, what if we did it this way? Mm-hmm. And Jax always at first is kind of like, eh, I've always done it this way. This has always been. There's a proper way you do these things. But then she'll try it. And she'll yeah. say, you know what? Actually, you were right. This is good. This is a good approach. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, posing the bunny. And then, of course, also later with Snap's very perfect stick that she finds. Um, and a good yeah. stick is important. <sighs> that that was so... There's a point at which, like, Lulu and Snap are just chatting in the woods. And then Snap just, like, stops and goes, Whoa, look at this stick. It's perfect. And Lulu is like, that is a perfect stick. And it's this moment mm-hmm. of just, like, A... We we all recognize a perfect stick, right? Like, that's a thing. And B, that's like, it's such a little childish moment for this kid <laughs> who's, like, very self-sufficient and, like, can make her own meals and, like, has to take care of herself a lot to just be like, holy crap, this stick. I love it. it, yeah. it I think that it's because it speaks to, it truly speaks to the weirdness of, like, just of of being in that age bracket, but also of just being someone who doesn't fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm, it's a topic I've been thinking about um, quite a bit recently, but I think that there's something also really lovely about that kind of representation because, you know, I may have been a weirdo my entire life, not the same way that Snapdragon is, but that point of connection is really lovely. And that finding of community um and finding of atypical community um, because of the intergenerational aspect, because it's your parent also with mm-hmm. the mom. Um, you know, generally we see 
characters branch out and have this autonomy or it's like an independence as like almost a hypervigilance like almost like a trauma response whereas in this case it's a celebrated independence and 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 yes there is some trauma and there's some hard stuff in 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 snapdragon's back uh backstory but we're still looking at like this it feels very much like millennials children yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's very much like you know uh, uh snapdragon is the is is like a zoomer who is raised by a millennial mom who had boomer parents and like and there's something really interesting there because it's 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 a shift mm-hmm. uh it's a complete shift and it's a shift that's becoming more accessible at a younger age so that also assumes that you know our readers are disposed to receive these kind of things. And 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 I really appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's quite fun. Yeah. It's quite fun to, to see what folks from our generation also are doing for younger children. Because yeah. uh, that's also a perspective that uh, I guess I don't necessarily take into account because a lot of authors that we meet are um, Gen Xers yeah. uh, or uh, no, Gen Xers, because I am an old millennial and Mm-hmm. Ouch, that just hurt my heart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyways. And I think a lot of millennials still, I mean, I'm a younger millennial, but I think a lot of millennials are not yet thinking about parenting necessarily because a lot of millennials um, have waited for various reasons to have children, largely because our, our world is on fire and there's absolutely no security in the economy. Uh, some of us didn't wait and it's an interesting time to be parenting um but it's definitely nice to see like yeah that shift in the approach and to see like oh yeah we are kind of doing new things here yeah um I would love to talk about Jax's history a little bit let's do it because I was going to say that there's no romance in the book I feel like this book kind of straddles the line between middle grade and young adult. Um, and one of the things that makes it read more like middle grade is that there is no romance. And I think we often expect romance or sexual tension as part of young adult fiction. That's true. But there is a romance. And having read this, so I read this and then I also watched the new Persuasion. And then also JLo and Ben Affleck got married. And I'm just having this real, Caddy is just like losing her shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a giggle. But um I'm having this little moment of like these romances where like there was true love and then they had to separate for a long time for reasons and then they find each other again. And that mm-hmm. is what the storyline with This is a spoiler. This is a spoiler. So if you would like to have no spoilers, uh pause at this point read the book and come back for the rest of it. I hope that we have given you enough encouragement to uh, make you read the book. Um, (laughs) But Jax was once in love and in a relationship with Snap's grandmother, Jessamine. And it's just, it's just a really lovely, compelling story. Um, they have this super romantic meet cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jax is like just <sighs> the butch representation. Gotta love it. Uh, this this hot motorcycle racing lanky butch 
in what I guess the 80s, 90s. I don't know when that was. Yep, I'm swooning already. It's, I'm like, yep, oh, sold. <laughs> who loves animals? Who loves animals? What? I mean, who does witchcraft? Yeah. What? She's. Oof. She's swoon worthy. And first of all, like, yeah, representation of a like older butch as extremely hot and sexy, really nice to see. Like, obviously yep. not presented that way for younger audiences, but when you're reading it as an adult, you get it. And, you know, they had this really beautiful relationship, but ultimately broke up because they didn't want the same things out of life. Um, Jax didn't want a family and Jessamine did. And they break up very maturely and and very tenderly. And Jessamine, you know, has her family and they get the things they want. While Jax is kind of not totally sure that she got the things she wanted. But but and then at the end of the book, they're sort of this. They they meet each other again, um, or orchestrated by Snap and her mother Vi. And I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just this very strong, Jessamine is now a widow, and there's just this very strong inclination that uh, that they will probably rekindle their lost love. And it's extremely beautiful. It's extremely mm. romantic. Um, seeing this really romantic love story for two older women is so special. And it being a gay love story and it being an interracial love story, it's just... It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. It um, it brings back a little bit of hope, and um, and and that is really interesting. What you were saying earlier about um, considering this YA, I think that if I mean the story wraps up quite quite well and neatly mm -hmm. with a with a nice bow and and leads me to believe that I don't think there will be a sequel or anyways none yeah. has been announced. Rhea really um, wants there to be a sequel. My daughter really <laughs> wants a sequel. <laughs> um. But I think that I would love to see actually a, a follow-up as more of a YA novel or even an adult graphic novel um, of the romance uh, mm -hmm. between uh, between Jax and Jessamine. I yeah. think that there is something there that could be really interesting. Um, and the idea that, you know, we're teaching young children that love is not finite, right? Mm -hmm. Like that you can fall in love again and that, um, you know, Jessamine being, being a by grandma yes. uh, which is like everything I want to be in life yes um like I love my auntie hat but like I totally want a grandma hat um but just like this representation of bisexuality and older age um you know Jax Jax is is really depicted as a traditional lesbian mm -hmm. like white lesbian yeah <laughs> um, short hair big hat sunglasses and all um but there's yeah i would love to see that story of these two older women rekindling their romance and flashing back to their youth yeah. and um you know and and flashing forward to their super old age um i mean it's a story we can it, it can be whatever whatever it needs to be and and I think that we need that also like there is something really nice about this sapphic um sapphic graphic novel vibes uh, mm -hmm. it's giving me very intense uh like 1995 vibes of like the importance of sapphic representation in these in these stories and now I just want more 
Yeah, absolutely. And I love this indication that like romance is not a one and done kind of thing. Jack's and Jessamine's romance and story is really beautiful. Um, But it never for a moment takes away from the romance Jessamine had with her husband, who she had her family with. And I think that's really impressively done because Jessamine was never at any point ashamed of her bisexuality. Um, It doesn't seem that Jessamine ever tried to kind of put aside her queerness. She fell in love with a man and she had her family with him and she raised her kids with openness and kindness and this is something that that vi snaps mother refers to and as a representation of a black family also it is nice to see that it's like queerness is okay and is just another fact uh Mm -hmm. and kindness and we can grow up in a family Mm -hmm. that is loving and caring and kind and all of that 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 also breaks a few uh a few tropes. Yeah. And we see that acceptance with Lulu's parents as well, um, which, is, which is also really special. And there's just, there's no shame at any point in this yeah. book yeah. around queerness, around transness. There's, that doesn't mean there's no discomfort. That doesn't mean there's no growing pains. That doesn't mean there's no references to the ugliness that exists in the world. But there isn't any shame and that is incredibly special that's very Um, well put especially for stories of older people that's just like we don't see that we see the like late in life lesbian story of like the woman who tried and couldn't right and we see the like social outcast stories but like just yeah just bisexual grandma living her life like with pets so good so good so good (laughs) it's so good shall we talk about magic a little bit yes yeah i love the representation of magic and this idea of it starts off with this perception of like the evil witch there's a witch in our village oh my goodness kind of thing and realizing that the magic comes from within and all of all of that beauty and also the connection to nature and mm-hmm. i found it well i mean i was like hmm, yay this is so gay and um <laughs> it also made me feel okay about like checking chani nicholas all the time yeah <laughs> and you know like uh doing my own little uh moon rituals whenever I see fit and things like that like there's yeah it brought even you know and at my grown age it brought me some comfort to see this representation and not in a like alakazam kind of way um you know magic is used in in a context of protection it's used in a context of care it's used in in a way that really touches on I mean, I, I guess indig- indigenous learning as well. Uh, and, and when I say indigenous, I mean indigenous from wherever it's from. Yeah. Uh, it's not exclusively uh, you know, North American indigenous communities, but but yeah, that's 
it brought me a lot of joy and it also uh you know with she who must not be named's universe uh we fell into one type of magic yeah. but this is it's it's nice to kind of come back to something that's very grounded mm-hmm. um and to come back to something that is easily findable like i mean there there are very large uh, communities of witches on all social media and who talk about all these things that we saw in this book and yeah. it's not yeah, it's not it's not aggrandized. It is simply like it is part of ritual, and yes. and I really I really enjoyed that. It's very folk magic, um, and the first place that we see an indication of magic, though we don't know that's what it is yet, is that when when um, Jax collects, so she strips the skeletons of roadkill animals and poses them and sells them that's on the true. internet. This is her uh, her gig, <laughs> and. Uh, when she collects the animals she claps over them and later she explains that this is to to get their souls hurrying along Mm -hmm. um and that's the first place we see it um it's very it's very tangible it's very folk magic-y and yes like like you said like i think i mean i think this is what you were saying um i felt a recognition in it to the way that i practice magic in a very small way um but just this idea of drawing energy from the earth this idea of your energy interacting with the energy of the things around you this is a very very old approach to magic that's kind of universal in magic systems if you look at magic systems around the world like and and even like traditional chinese medicine which i would not call a magic system i would call a medicine system um a lot of this is is very like resonant and uh good to see it's not because snap starts it off with saying there's no such thing as witches like she's very skeptical she knows that magic doesn't exist um and this is sort of like yeah it's like it's very different from, say, what we've maybe seen in Hollywood film franchises. Yes, a hundred percent. Yes, yes, and and uh, I am reiterating. I have not read in a while, um, so I'm also rediscovering just the connections that books make in the brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. It's fun. Um, the other thing that I just want to touch on very quickly, mm-hmm. and we don't need to go into depth about it, but. Um, I want to talk about Snap's mom, Vi, for a minute because I just like her so much. And she's she's a single mom uh, raising Snap and also trying to get herself a better job so that she can have more time to spend with her daughter because she's been doing this hustle of, you know, the single mom hustle of working enough to make enough money to support her family uh, and having to sacrifice time with her daughter to do so. You mean that's hard? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, and that's a hassle, frankly, that 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 is even hard for parents with partners and is significantly harder for for single parents. Um, And I just really loved seeing her, you know, working so hard, obviously exhausted, but just also obviously a loving and present parent and also a like fairly young woman working her own stuff out and we get a little glimpse into her romantic life and we get a little glimpse into her romantic past which is very difficult but she I think also goes through this process she's also going through a growing process and Mm -hmm. she's going through a process what I saw which maybe 
I, I may be projecting. There may be some things I'm projecting. But I see her kind of getting past the shame that kind of comes with like having to hustle that hard and having yeah. to give up time with your kid and and being able to own and be proud of her choices, the choices that she's made um, and see how proud Snap is, you know, of mm-hmm. her for the choices she makes. You know, we see her working really hard and we see her coming home late, but we also see her hanging out with Snap and Lulu and being present in Snap's friendships. And, you know, it's 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 really lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to say that Vi is drawn real hot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was like, oh, are we going to talk about a book? And I'm not going to say that a character can get it. No, lied. Um, Vi, hot. Absolutely can get it. Hot. Very hot. There is something really nice about, um, yeah, just seeing like a strong black woman represented and looking contemporary like not dowdy or anything like that like she's very clearly like a young parent um and fashionable and but delightful yeah huh it's almost as if respectability politics were a scam what (laughs) you don't say Um, yeah, but no, she is an interesting character. And it is true. Um, I, I, I know that I often uh, complain about parents being absent or mm-hmm. um, not being integrated, I guess, into the storyline mm-hmm. or into the plot line. And here we have a great example of that. Like, I mean, a young teenage character should have a relationship with their like, I mean, it would be nice to represent some positive parenting practices and showing this one in a different configuration uh you know she's she's doing her best and it's you know as a reader you understand that like no matter what she's gonna struggle it's not going to be easy it's it's this is not like you know hey a windfall is uh befalling on her and now she has millions of dollars and can do whatever she wants no um you know that she's going to keep having to hustle she's going to keep having to work but she also wants to keep working because her priority is you know is her kid and herself yeah and and i chose that order very wisely (laughs) but no with a parent but yeah no but i think it's i think it's really important i mean this is something like I think all parents go through, but especially young parents, especially people who have their kids young, is there's this learning curve of realizing that 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 it's not just your kid, it's your kid and yourself. And you have to be on that priority list. And I think we see her kind of already in that process. I think Vi mm-hmm. has already been in that process, but we get to see her move along that process and, and really recognize and confirm and embrace that she is also a priority to herself yeah and that's special i just really feel like there's something for everybody in this book like there's so many layers absolutely i think the truth is that this is like a swing and a hit yeah like this is a great like a great find uh, a great graphic novel to pick up you can leave it in a family room everyone yeah. will definitely enjoy it um parents included uh you know if if you know of any parents who are who are just trying to explore branching out mm-hmm. um in the books that they uh, make available to their kids or that they themselves want to explore these themes 
they can it's super accessible you don't feel like it's dumbed down or anything like yeah. that uh so even as an uh, as an adult reader you'll yeah. leave it with a smile on your face yeah oh i was like disappointed that my daughter had read half of it already and i had to start in the middle with her because she wanted me to read it. <laughs> i was like no i missed out i had to go back and read it it's really good so this is um this is snapdragon by cat lay what a nice note to come back in on yeah absolutely um if you have time, like if you have like a beach situation or a poolside, situation, I love that this is always your suggestion. Caddy's <laughs> always I'm... like, "Listen, have you gone to the beach lately? Grab a book, go to the yes. beach." It's great advice. It's great advice. I need folks to go on vacation to the beach and invite me. This is why I'm doing this. Uh, okay. Also, I'm hoping that one day a beautiful Mexican resort will sponsor our podcast and we'll be able to go record there for a week. Um, listen, have you thought about reading a book on the beach? Have you? <laughs> I, it's delightful. I have absolutely thought about reading a book on the beach. I like this idea of being sponsored by a resort. Uh, I would even accept like a Costa Rican resort, a Dominican. You know, it doesn't have to be Mexican. Um, that is correct. That's true. Uh, That's just true. send That's us true. an email at the Yeah Podcast. At, oh, oh my God, don't actually, because I whew, am scared of our inbox right now. Um, um, just like DM us on social media, but make sure I know it's not a scam because <laughs> we get a lot of those. We do. All right. Well, dear listeners, thank you. For coming back yeah and for listening to us here um if you want to leave us feedback suggest a book for us to read or just say hi and please say hi we missed you uh send us an email at the yeah podcast at gmail.com if you'd like a speedier answer then you'll get to the email uh follow us on twitter or instagram at yeah podcast uh you can dm us there and you can follow us individually i'm at tepper bear and, and i'm at caddy underscore d if you like the show and want to help us make it even better, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Reshi, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenho, Chantal Thomas, Erica Stutchberry, Megan Jane, Maddie Dever, and Emmett Cameron. And a special shout out to our patrons. Um, thank you for hanging in there through our hiatus. Really, really appreciate that. Would have totally understood if you did not. Um, but it really means the world to us to continue having that support. Uh, it, it felt very special. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We also have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Public. Yeah, get some. Get you can some. also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, sub subscribing on Spotify, and by sharing this episode with a friend, preferably a friend who might be going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks, as always, to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Tepera Jemian, that's you, and edited by Tom Zalatni. Hi, Tom, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Bye-bye. See you bye. next time. 
I'm Tom Zalatni, host and producer of the No Bad Food Podcast, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or right here on the Upford Network. On behalf of the Canadian people, welcome to the Game Great Podcast. Gay and Gray Montreal is a new social group for English-speaking gay elders from the 2S LGBTQIA plus communities. So it's a good way to at least connect with people. Members share their experiences, memories, and opinions on our podcast. Welcome to our community. I hope you feel well. I hope you feel accepted. And I hope that you can share anything that you want. This is some of my story. And I hope you enjoy it. Oh, I have a great story. (laughs) 